What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you doing the early stream thing with us. We're on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald here to hang with you. Uh, J-Mac, when we wrapped up at 10 a.m. yesterday, we knew it was only a matter of hours before legal tampering started in the NFL. Well, a couple hours and like, what, 15 minutes? And the Eagles lost a player. It took all of about 15, yeah, minutes, 15 minutes of the start of legal tampering to the Eagles already feeling the pinch of free agency. T.J. Edwards first, followed shortly thereafter by uh, uh, the, the big DT that they couldn't get re-signed. And I was okay. We, we all knew Hargrave was probably going. Yeah. We didn't know it was going to be San Francisco. Not good. One of the main competitors in the NFC. And the hits just kept on coming. Uh, even though we, John, talked about it and knew it as a possibility, yesterday was a pretty painful day for Philadelphia Eagle fans, was it not? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe because I expected it. Uh, um, you know, it. I I actually think it went better than expected because C.J. Gardner Johnson and Bradbury are still out there, uh, which indicates to me the the market is not exploding for them. I I think you know, you never know. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson signed late last night. He got a big deal, um, so you never know. But that to me is a good sign. Because the Eagles knew they were going to lose all these players. Uh, so that part I was personally already prepared for. Obviously, I can't talk for the fan base. But the one little bit surprised was TJ Edwards. If you gave me that number beforehand, I would have said, oh, well, the Eagles can get him back. But that's just another indication of they don't give a rat's ass about all-ball linebacker. So let's not talk about all-ball linebacker again when we talk about first round picks, unless it's some super, you know, freakish player uh, that you're in a position, I mean, they just don't value it. 
so that if, if you're looking for one surprise, it was that number in the Eagles not wanting to bring him back at that number. And I, I got a lot of people. TJ's from Chicago, about 50 miles north. He was a Bears fan growing up. And I so I got all those, oh, maybe he's just no matter what, wanted to play for the Bears. And how many times you and you and I, Jody, second contract, undrafted free agent. Trust me, he would have stayed here if the Eagles offered him more money. You know, it's a business. This is his first chance to make big money. He he would have stayed. They didn't want him. So if you're looking for a surprise, the number that he got, I thought the Eagles would have been able to bring him back, which indicates they didn't want to bring him back. Yeah, and you and I see that one exactly the same. And we feel too many calls. Uh, I feel too many calls on, on the radio side. We get too many comments here on uh, our stream. Jalen Hurts should really give the Eagles a hometown discount. <laughs> that uh, he should leave some money on the table so that they can make the team better around him. And you and I just roll our eyes and shake our heads. If there was a guy, and oh, by the way, I firmly believe that Brandon Graham did give the Philadelphia Eagles hometown discount. Yes, and he did. more power to him. He wants to finish his career here. He's like probably going to do this dance again next year because he wants to play 15 full seasons. And that would be uh, 2025 uh, as uh, 2024 as well. If a guy was going to give the Eagles a hometown discount after BG, it would have been TJ Edwards, a a, a much-honored college football linebacker who ran a slow time at the 40 and was passed over by every team in the NFL draft. Well, who reached out and gave him a chance? At least signed him as an undrafted free agent to fill it up the Eagles. And then who watched him work his way up the depth chart and become a guy who actually could get on the field? Well, that was the Philadelphia Eagles. And who actually gave him the chance to start in the NFL as the Eagles? And who got him out there on the field so he could put up these massive tackle numbers that got him onto the free agent market? That's the Philadelphia Eagles. So if there was a guy who's going to, if there was a team who was going to have a break and maybe get him for a couple of bucks less, that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And he goes to the Bears for a, at best, market value deal. You're 100% right, John. They just don't give a flying fart about uh, linebackers. They do not. They, they don't. Do not. Even with a new D.C. and a revamped defensive coaching staff, the, the philosophy hasn't changed at all. Uh, uh, it did bother me that T.J. Edwards went to the Bears. Um, yeah, and, you know, I'll pay, you know, there's a possibility if you put the exact same contract in front of him, he would choose Chicago because he's from Chicago and maybe, you know, he wants to go back home. Maybe. I don't know. But not if you offer him a little bit more. So I don't know about the hometown discount. But my point is, all right, maybe you have to bump it up 500 grand. All right. If you – I was – you know, there were some people projecting – Eight eight figures, ten million dollars for TJ, and I said, "Well, that there's no way they're going to bring him back." He didn't get close to that. Under seven, close under to seven that. million per. Yeah. So you know, it, it's you know, it's it, it's so interesting to me. You and I also talk about the pedigree argument all the time. It, it's funny because Chicago spent hundred million dollars a century on linebackers. The vast majority of it going to to uh, Tremaine Edwards, who's um, you know the former 
16th overall pick in the draft. So I was I was I was looking it up and just out of pure coincidence, the number five off-ball linebacker from Pro Football Focus was was Edmund. And number six was Edwards. They got number five and number six. They spent $75 million on one and $21 million on another. That You know, this league, I guarantee you as we sit here, two years from now, Jody, hopefully we're still doing this show, I guarantee you the Bears are happier with T.J. Edwards. I guarantee you because of the whacked out expectations of the on, uh, other contract. Well, here's here's the other part to that, and it plays to other issues that the Eagles have to deal with in a loss the Eagles took yesterday. Marcus Epps and C.J. Johnson. Epps signed yesterday a two-year deal, $12 million, $6 million per with the Raiders, if you go back and look at the numbers that Marcus Epps and C.J. Johnson put up this year, they both averaged exactly 5.5 tackles a game. And that's the number one thing that defensive players have to do is tackle. You got to bring a guy down. Now, if you're an edge speed rusher, that tackle should be in the backfield and causing the other team loss of yards rather than just less yards or not enough to get a first down. But C.J. and uh, uh, Marcus Epps, Averaged the exact same number of tackles per game last year. Gardner Johnson missed, of course, five games with the injury. But if you do it per game, they had the exact same number of tackles. You think that CJ's getting a $6 million a year contract? I don't think so. So you know what he's getting paid for? Those six interceptions. You yep. know why Tremaine Edwards got so much more than TJ uh, uh, Edwards is? Splash plays. Yep. Sacks. Yep, you Tips, get paid to make plays. Force fumbles. That's what they pay for in the NFL. The splash play, the lead to a turnover play. DJ Edwards doesn't get those kind of things. I was kind of surprised. I thought that he had at least one or two. He didn't have even one force fumble this past year. He's a tackling machine. And I think there's a need for tackling machines in the National Football League. But he's not a turnover guy. He doesn't get INTs. He doesn't force fumbles. And that's what holds your salary back. If you're a splash player, you get paid. And watch how much C.J. Gardner-Johnson gets paid and compared to Marcus Epps when, in a lot of respects, they're very equal safeties. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I was texting a, a former GM over the weekend, and he said, plays get you paid. That was his exact uh, quote. And he was talking about C.J., um, you know, and, and, you know, because there's not – maybe as much consistency uh, as people presume because he leads the NFL in interceptions and all that kind of stuff. So you're a hundred percent, right? I just think it's interesting. I always say, it seems to me there's more and more smart teams in the NFL, the dumber teams that seem to uh, go by the weight side each and every year, but man, they just stuff like pedigree I mean, they just default to it and default to it and default to it and default to it. And the other stuff is right in front of their eyes. And they don't want to admit this guy's a good player because he did this on, a, on you know, February five years ago because he ran a 4.87. I mean, it's just from a logic standpoint, with all the money these teams pay, 
on scouting and personnel. And at the end of the day, they always come back to, well, I know how well he played, but, but, and the other guy could jump out of the building and run out of the building and do this and do that. I guarantee you in two years, Jody, I guarantee you one of them's out of Chicago and it's not TJ Edwards. All right. So you think the TJ Edwards was a pretty smart signing by the bears? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. The so bears don't do everything. Ryan right. Paul's, uh, uh, Blind squirrel has got to find a nut in the woods every no, once in a mean, while. Yeah, you know, everybody's because I went off on Chicago, and Chicago's got passionate fans, much like Philadelphia. So they go lunacy on you from zero to 100. They're a bad organization. Again, they spent $100 million on all ball linebackers. On all ball linebackers. Now, we can all agree the Eagles are a smart team. You might be disappointed. And what was yesterday? March 13th. Whoop-de-doo. The Bears are the champions of March 13th. Whoop-de-doo. I guarantee the Eagles make more good decisions moving forward, even though they lost a bunch of players. Why did they lose a bunch of players? Because they're a good football team. Why did the Bears have all these assets? Because they're a crappy football team. And they want the Donnie Walsh route, convention of losers. We're losers, so let's tank and let's do this and let's screw up the young quarterback. And then we got all this money. And what happens with this convention of losers? When they get all the assets, when they get all the money, Jody, they don't know what the F to do with it. So what do they do? They They did sign sign your guy T.J. Edwards to a reasonable contract. They send, yeah, and they screwed that up by giving the other guy $75 million for an off-ball linebacker. That's always a bad decision. Is TJ a value signing? When I say the Bears are a bad organization, I don't say they make every decision wrong, but they make a lot of bad decisions. And spending 90 million, almost $100 million on off-ball linebackers in the 2023 NFL where the Eagles won't give a nickel to a damn off-ball linebacker. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It is what it tells me. Ryan Poles is in the second year on his job. So he had a bad first year. He decided to go decidedly backwards when uh, putting the team together this year. And was probably given permission to do just that with the roster that he inherited. And now he's building it back up. And I think they're going to be an improved team, if not a much improved well, team. Well, they have yet to be year. improved, so Jody. year two, he has got the, the team significantly going the other direction. I don't think you can just slap up because they finished three and you're, you're, 14 you're, in their you're, first year that you go, bad, bad organization. That no chance whatsoever. They have no idea what they're doing. I think that's wrong and harsh. You, you, it, it, it. You went through it, again, different sports, so it's not the same. It's not a perfect comparison. That's the sleight of hand trick. When when you get so bad, you can't go anywhere but up. I will stipulate that the Bears are going to be better next year. I will stipulate that they have to be better because they tanked and they went down and they got the number one pick in the draft. So are they going to be better? Sure, they're going to be better. But I've seen it time and time again with these same type general managers. 
assets, 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 accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And then when they got to do something with them, they go spend a hundred million dollars on off ball linebackers. They, they got a lot of draft picks uh, as well. I'm going to give Ryan polls this year to prove whether he can or can't build a roster. Uh, so far, so good. As far as I'm concerned, I, I think you've been uh, over the top harsh at where the, the bears are. Are we over the top harsh with the Eagles losing Marcus Epps and losing TJ Edwards? I Javon Hargrave was going. We knew he was going. Good luck to him. Unfortunately, it's the 49ers. I would have preferred to see him go to the AFC. That didn't happen. Uh, You knew that Andre Dillard was walking out the door. I had no idea he was going to get almost 10 million bucks per. Talk about no shot at coming back. Eagles were not doing that. That's for damn sure. And, yeah, I'm going to bemoan the fact that both TJ Edwards and Marcus F. could have been kept. Speaking of Marcus, we'll go Marcus next. That would be Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer and also the 94 WIP. He joins us to continue the Eagle analysis here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're getting uh, reconnected with Marcus Hayes. I saw him uh, in the, the green room just a second ago, so he's uh, readjusting his shot, and he will join us momentarily here on Birds 365. Looking forward to Marcus's take because yesterday was a tough day, day to take for the Philadelphia Eagles because they were uh, – yeah, might not, might not use the word tough. ravaged. If I say ravaged in free agency, Marcus says, would that be a massive overstatement? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I mean, TJ, I'll I'll put it to you this way. If I told you Alex Singleton, remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Alex got got a nice little deal. from. Yeah, he got $19 million and TJ got 20. If I told you that two years ago, you guys would have, like, you know, flipped your trays over. I mean, well, that's what the Eagles do. They develop all ball linebackers for other teams. To they don't give a flying to, they don't give a, you know what about that position, Marcus. Yeah. Where are so, we? I think you heard us going back and forth. So if one team doesn't pay all ball linebackers at all and another team pays a hundred million for all ball, who, where, where are we? Those are the two extremes. Are the Eagles too harsh with that position? Or is a team like the Bears insane? Well, it depends on how you consider what do you consider a off-ball linebacker? Because technically, Hassan Reddick is an off-ball linebacker, right? No, he's an edge rusher. I, that's yeah. one of my problems with with off-ball linebackers, middle linebacker, weak side linebacker. So, uh, okay. Sam, Hassan would be Sam, and he's an edge rusher. So he's different. He's but that's one of my problems with these labels that people use. So yeah, I think you got to call them linebackers. Uh, just they, well, you're down call, to two. most teams are down to two. So they are what they are. They're linebackers. There's no weak, strong middle. Well, it's, it's your two linebackers. What do you what mean? Is, well, then the Eagles play four because they play five, two and they have two edge rushers. If, if, well, if, one of the, in, well, but one of the edge rushers is again, nobody cares. Nobody cares about this conversation. So my point is, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this if you're winning by not by not paying you know outside linebackers or or typically weak side linebackers then yeah you should do that if you're losing and paying outside linebackers or you know weak side linebackers then you shouldn't do that right it comes down to the w's and l's and we'll see if the bears get any better next right but the 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 bears are typically historically horrible recently and the eagles are historically awesome recently so these philosophies seem to be diametrically opposed so you're crazy to pay a weak side linebacker any linebacker is not going to get you sacks isn't worth his money it's just that's just the way you know we, they don't even really cover anymore they, they 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 cover and tackle they don't cover to make interceptions but unless you're getting to the quarterback as a blitzer or a fifth lineman or whatever you're just not worth the money all you know, right, so would you say the 49ers blatantly overpaid Fred Warner? Um, yeah, not blatantly because he's kind of a unicorn. He's better, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying the Bears and the, I think the Broncos blatantly overpaid two guys who are just ordinary players. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's always certain guys. Bobby Wagner for years was tremendous. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Fred Warner's very good. There's always guys at the top of the list, like Christian McCaffrey. The Eagles loved him at running back back in the 2017 draft. But, you know, those guys, few few and far between. Um, I, I just think it's interesting, the Eagles, the valuation of their positions. Clearly, we know running back on offense. 
off-ball linebacker to them on defense. I mean, they just rotate them. And Nicobe Dean's next up. And then they'll kind of – I don't know if Kaiser's coming back. And they'll say, all right, who can we pick out of the, 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 you know, the refuse bin for $3 million when everything is picked apart? And they think they can get through with that. Yeah, the $3 million number is interesting because Kaiser got five last year. And I thought they massively overpaid him. And I was right. He went very good. You know, T- I you know TJ. You don't think Isaiah White had a solid season? Is he signed? Is anybody beating well, his no. door down? No, he wasn't very good. He 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 play. He did not play well. He was he was poor. He I put him in the clearly in the second on an elite defense, a defense that was ranked number two in the league. Okay, he somehow was in the second tier or like second half of the linebacker group last year in the NFL of, of guys who played, you know, regularly. You realize how, like, how many plays were there for him to make and how few he made. With all that talent around him, that talent couldn't elevate him, period. So, I mean, the, the, it's it's more than damning that Kazir White is unsigned than it is that T.J. Edwards got overpaid probably by, you know, twice what he's worth. Okay, so you you think that they can just plug in Sean Bradley or uh, Davion Taylor or uh, Christian Ellis next year for Kaiser White if he signs today with another team? Uh, I think there are tons of Kaiser Whites out there. Right. Yeah, and I think N'Kobe Dean is appreciably better than T.J. Edwards. You know, T.J. Edwards was a guy who got paid playing in the middle of a bunch of really good players because he got to make all the tackles. You know, if anybody got past the line of scrimmage, they were usually got they usually got hit by the time they got to him and he was able to make all the tackles. The TJ Edwards who really exists, the real TJ Edwards, the guy that was targeted by the Kansas City Chiefs and was the worst player maybe in the history of Super Bowls in the Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> oh, if you look at whoa. his tape, if you look at his tape, he makes no right decisions. He he is just it's almost as if he didn't know how to play football in that game. And I love TJ Edwards. I think he's a great guy. And I was, I was baffled at how, I guess, effective he had been. But Andy Reid said, Hey, what I'm going to do is target this guy. And TJ Edwards was always in the wrong place, always at the wrong time. So that said, if you are keying on TJ Edwards in any scheme, you know, if, you, if you're going to follow, if you're going to be the copycat, that's the guy you're targeting. And, you know, I, I hope for Ryan's sake, teams don't do that because TJ's not going to get better in a new off in a new defense with fewer weapons around him. It, 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 it's, I think you're being a little bit harsh on TJ, but I, I, I like your day one theory. So I want to, I want to go down that right route, Marcus. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I'm with you. I mean, ultimately, I, I don't think the Eagles had a bad first day because I knew what was coming. Um, I think they had a good first day from this perspective. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's still out there. James Bradbury's still out there. That kind of tells me their markets aren't quite what they expected them to be. And if you can get those two players back, or even one of the two most likely CJ, I think that's a positive. How, how do you see that spin? Well, I'm not sure that they didn't get what they expected 
or the offers they expected. I think both James and CJ recognize that this is going to be their shot to get really paid. So they're taking their time. And I think they probably got three or four pretty good offers and they both want to stay with the Eagles because the offers came from teams that aren't going to be as good. So I think this is the negotiation time. I think they're, they're sort of figuring out what they, what, what they can do and where, how much, how much losing, how much it's going to cost for them to lose, how much they're willing to, to take to lose assuming that the Eagles are the best team that's made them an offer. And the Eagles are going to be good next year. I think we agree on that. They may not be the best team in the NFC, but when you're, when you're James is going to be 30, I think next year or 29 yeah. and CJ's, this is probably going to be his big deal. He's been hurt, you know? So you, you got to choose where your legacy is going to be in, the, in this contract. Um, I, sorry, go ahead, Marcus finish. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think that, Nobody blew them away, John, but even if they did, both of them are going to give the Eagles plenty of opportunity to match. And if you look at the rest of the market, they don't really have to worry about, you know, losing because of time. Nobody else is going to get the money they're offered because they might be the best players at their position available in this free agency period. I, since we're in the defensive backfield, I got to talk to you about a guy who's not a free agent but he could shake free at some point, and that would be Darius Slay. Uh, within the last week, uh, came out that the Eagles told Darius, hey, if you want to see if there's a trade out there for you, we give you permission to do so. Slay couldn't get on his podcast fast enough to go, hey, I didn't ask. That, that was their suggestion to me, not my suggestion to them. He probably has, through his agent, had conversations with other teams. But what happens if he just plays hardball, Marcus, and says, yeah, no, hey, your idea to trade me, I, I don't want to be traded. And if you guys aren't willing to talk in the neighborhood on an extension that my agent has brought to you, I guess I'll just play the 2023 season under contract that I already have. $26 million cap hit for a, uh, a cornerback. Talk about going above and beyond what Eagles usually do. What will happen if they, they don't get something work out? Will the Eagles cut Darius Slay? You know, it, it depends on how they value him and how he values himself. I mean, Darius Slay, my understanding, wants, you know, he's got another year on his contract and he wants a two-year extension beyond this year. So three years total, right? The Eagles want one. They want to they lessen, you know, ease the cap hit by a year and essentially guarantee him the two, the next two seasons. I don't know that Darius Lay is willing to gamble the second year of guaranteed money. Uh, he hasn't been as good here as we thought he was going to be. He was, he's been good, but he hasn't been big play Slay. He just hasn't. The two years aggregate, there, and there's no reason a cornerback should be getting roasted what, five times, six times last year, John, by the premier receivers, not this past season, but the season before? Yeah, he had a great first half, uh, you know, really slid in the second half. Obviously, the Jefferson game, he was great, but they let him play really physical. You know, he could have had three, oh, four interceptions. He probably could have about... had three, four penalties. But later in the season, yeah. No, I'm talking He's... about the year before. Oh, the year before, yeah. Right. People started, yeah. Yeah. So you've got two years. Well, you've got a year and a half of a two year stay where he wasn't that guy. Right. So does he want to gamble that he's going to be that guy an entire season and approach free agency? Or does he want to have 
two more and, and here are the here are these here's the enticement for Darius Slay and, and it's sort of I don't know intangible he's respected here Philly's a big place the team's going to be good he loves attention he posts himself giving a banana pudding to his teammates every weekend his wife likes it here okay and he's going to be paid for two years and who knows maybe a third year comes from that but it's a heck of a gamble when you're i guess he'll be 32 to say yeah. no thank you to a second year when you're going to hit free agency at 34 35 as a cornerback yeah even i think that's part of the problem even at 32 and he's his birthday's on january 1st so he'll he'll turn 33 january 1st of next year um, and let's be honest, I mean, the NFL doesn't like to pay corners when they hit that number. So that's kind of where the Eagles are with Darius Slay. It's a very difficult situation because he is, I think people, you know, that old school mentality of a lockdown corner, I don't think that exists anymore, Marcus. I mean, the, the game has shifted so much towards the offense. You're going to get beat. Jalen Ramsey gets beat every year. He goes from Jacksonville to the Rams. Now he's with the Dolphins and everyone says, Jalen Ramsey, he gets beat by Tom Brady in a big spot in the playoffs. It happens to everybody in the modern NFL. But I do think we can sit and look at the Eagles last year and say, hey, pretty good corner play. And they haven't had that in a long time with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Two corners like that, throw Avante Maddox in when he's healthy. Where are we going with this defense, Marcus? I mean – if, if number two in the NFL isn't good enough, if 70 sacks isn't good enough, if the D.C. stinks like so much of the fan base says, what chance does Sean Desai have? Well, that's the thing. As, as we get further away from this season, I'm more and more convinced that the Eagles, Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, and maybe even Nick Sirianni, did not think this defense was exceptional. I think that they think I think they look at this and say, okay, these are the quarterbacks we played. This is the schedule we played. This is, these are the offenses we played. These are the plays we made. And the the sort of the the trademark of this defense, John, was drop back, the quarterback looks downfield, hitches because you've got pretty good coverage from pretty good defensive backs, and then your massively over talented defensive line gets home. 70 times in 17 games. We're setting a uh, team record, a third most ever. If you look at the other, uh, if you look at the other teams who are in that, you know, 65 to or that uh, 55 to 65 sack total, you're 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 thinking, wow, this is probably a better team than this Eagles team. So this Eagles team was kind of a one-trick pony, right? It covered early well, and then it had these monsters who were fresh, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, getting home. So maybe they'd think that this defense wasn't all that. Is That's the, that's the thing I'm getting from this team, and they think it needs a reset. And maybe they're not I, – I don't want to say sad to see Jonathan Gannon go because they wanted to pay him head coach money to stay. <laughs> right. Continuity is yeah. important. But I don't think that they think 
this was the, a generational defense the way that the, the stats would make you the, – the way the stats would imply. So losing seven starters and having a new defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, and defensive backs coach might not be the worst thing, especially when you have real talent coming back. You know, Jordan Davis is a good player. Brandon Graham's a good player. Josh Sweat's a good player. Hassan Reddick's a good player. Um, the Kobe Dean, I think, will be an outstanding player, you know? So, and Avante Maddox is a good player. So you've got six players that you expect, that you have to get, and Milton Williams, I think, is a good player. So you have seven players. Milton Williams played more snaps, or as many snaps this year as Brandon Graham. So you've got seven players who probably have to start and probably have to play as well or better than last year, but the, the cupboard isn't bare. If, if you have a defensive coordinator coming in with at least two hires to make, a returning defensive line coach whose defensive line was spectacular last year, and seven guys who really should be able to play, then you're filling in or, you know, retaining, you know, if you retain Bradbury, if you retain C.J. Gardner-Johnson or Slay, you know, any one or two of the three, it looks very different. So I wouldn't despair. Also, you know, and I know this is a long answer, but the offense should be even better, right? So the defense shouldn't have to be as good. If Here's my question good. about the offense, and the Eagles' offense was phenomenal this past year, and they've got most of the key pieces in place to be just as good, if not better, next year. Is, do we just plug in, beat Jurgi into right tackle, believing Isaac Samalo's gone, and do we know he's going to be good there? We hope he is. Uh, we believe that he's going to be the guy who's eventually going to take off for Kelsey at center, but we might do this year-to-year thing for three more years. Who the hell knows? Uh, is that a potential question mark on the Eagles on their offensive line with plugging Jurgi into a tackle uh, position? Uh, well, he's got position. A, He's always. He's already got a. He's already got a Jody Mac nickname, Jurgi. Beef so. Jurgi. Yeah. Beef, <laughs> beef, yeah. Beef Jurgi. Or is it Jurgi? Yeah. He's got a good personality too. Um. But I got to say, it's very, very difficult to doubt Jeff Stoutland and Howie Roseman when it comes to the offensive line. Isaac Sayamalo is better than any of us thought he was going to be. They made a rugby player into a, a viable left tackle who still makes a lot of mistakes, but he makes a lot of plays. Landon Dickerson was supposed to be, you know, in rehab perpetually. Instead, he's in the Pro Bowl <laughs> as a second round pick. He's clearly a first round talent, second round pick. And, you know, Juergens was a luxury pick. He was Jalen Hurts. If you look at look at the situation, it, there's a lot of similarities between picking Cam Juergens in the second round on a team that was 9-8 and eight and picking Jalen Hurts, you know, on Doug Peter, right. you know, yeah. to, for Doug yeah. Peterson's team. Uh, it was I, – I think uh, there is no position on this team – over the last 10 years, given the last 10 years, that I would give them more the benefit of the doubt at than offensive line. Every single offensive lineman's gotten better under Jeff Stoutland, and he's made offensive he's made guys into offensive linemen almost overnight. It's, yeah. re, it's really been spectacular. And nobody owes him more than uh, Andre Diller, who's getting $10 Oof. million dollars a year Oof. because he can play guard and tackle. And, you know... I will say, as surprised as I was that TJ Edwards got what twenty million 
over three years. Yeah. And Javon Hargrave got 40 million guaranteed and 80 million total over four years, I think it is, right? Yeah. I was not surprised. I was not I was not surprised at all that Andre Dillard got this money. I was not surprised at all. And yeah. and 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 call me crazy, Jody knows. Tennessee is going to look back at that and say it's a value because they're going to get a left tackle for $10 million. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's going to be a steal. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll track that one. Uh, this, this is one where I'm parting ways with both. Oh, are you, are you, are you anti-Andre? Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of He's talent. He's a first-round draft pick who couldn't get on the field for the Eagles. Yeah. Well, well that, would, that would be a problem if, if, they're, if they didn't have the best offensive line of football. Yeah. And I will, I will agree that he probably should be able to play right tackle, but he's become a viable guard and a decent left tackle. And okay, I got you. I'm with you. He should be able to, in a in a perfect world, he should be a plug and play guy. But he kind of was a plug and play guy at the end. And I, I don't think that I don't think tackles, especially left tackles, should be required to be like dependable starters until their third season. You know, especially a guy with his his caveats. He wasn't very strong when he came in, and he he was kind of mentally weak. He was kind of a you know kind of a project on a couple of areas. I would say that he's probably progressed at the rate and the level they expected him to. And if he played left tackle for four years, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there were some injuries factored in as well. Uh, when, remember when the Eagles were set on moving towards Andre Dillard. Then he got hurt in training right. camp and all of a sudden all these machinations started. We'll see. I mean, but I think it's a, that's what you're looking for in free agency is value. I think that's a, a, a worthy roll of the dice from Tennessee. So I oh, give yeah. him credit for that contract, but and that's uh, pretty good. That's a pretty good franchise that, yeah. you know, they, I think they misevaluated the value of AJ Brown. Uh, but AJ Brown's replacement is AJ Brown, the first round pick they got. And you know, again, you need you need some runway. But yeah. they they've typically been a pretty well run organization who understand football players. Yeah, they have been. They kind of fell apart last year, and you know, the AJ Brown got John Robinson fired. But they have been a good organization. Uh, Marcus, we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week. I know you you were on with the Sports Take guys, Rob and D Gun mm-hmm. and Barrett. Um, you had that great piece about the Eagles coaching staff and what went down with Denard Wilson. What, you know, anytime, I, I think one of the strengths of this team last year was the continuity, right? You rarely see in this league, no changes with the coaching staff. The Eagles essentially had their whole coaching staff back and they go on this run this year. They suffered the attrition and now there's, when you bring in new guys, there's always political wins, right? There's always people that are um, upset, maybe go in a different direction. Are we at a dangerous point when it comes to this coaching staff and Nick Sirianni? Uh, because we saw it. You go back to Andy Reid's first staff, unbelievable. But the the attrition started and and. Andy was so good, it, it continued on for a while, but eventually lost so many good coaches. We saw it with Doug as well um, in, in more of a sped-up fashion. How concerned are you that some of these political things and what went on with Denard Wilson could affect this team, this coaching staff, this franchise? 
Um, concerned? I, I don't care. I hope it does. Well, it, I know you don't care. <laughs> concerned for the success of the team. I know we don't care. More but... machinations. Yeah. More Machiavellian. Um, the team is probably going to suffer for it. Um, the the adjustment period for like being a hired assistant coach, being an assistant coach hired onto a staff to replace somebody else is probably the worst possible scenario, right? You want to come in as part of the the, the platoon that that landed and did what they had to do. I mean, these guys were, you know, that, that coaching staff, if you remember, was still had to still go through like COVID protocols. Right. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they went through a lot. None of them, it, you, you could argue Denard was probably the most qualified guy on the staff to do the job he was hired to do. I mean, you can, you could argue Shane Steichen as well, but Shane Steichen when he was hired was considered to be a, a catastrophe as an offensive coordinator in, uh, in San Diego or wherever they were. Um, yeah, it's continuity in the coaching staff. I would, for me, be number one, unless you have a guy who's done a really bad job. And I'm certain, I know that Denard Wilson did an excellent job because of what he was asked to do. He was asked to incorporate in a scheme that doesn't allow cornerbacks to sort of express themselves he was asked to incorporate James Bradbury and CJ Gardner Johnson, who was switching, making the full-time switch from nickel corner to safety um, with Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, who were established in this defense that you expected to be a little bit more aggressive than they were the first season. And Marcus Epps, God bless him. You know, the TJ Edwards of, of the secondary, right? <laughs> And he did a wonderful job, and it was a fractious defensive backs room. You know, they had to talk to C.J. Gardner-Johnson a couple of times about being C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Darius Slay throws Josiah Scott under the bus on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things going on in there, and he kept it cool. Now, that's not to say whoever Mm -hmm. who replaces him can't do the same thing or will face the same challenges. But that didn't make sense to me if you expected your team to be a contender – why introduce a an element of uncertainty? You know what I mean? That you don't need to introduce. Was a bit of a surprise too, I think, to a lot of us. I I think I asked you this the last time we had John Marcus. So if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. But I've asked it to basically everybody since the season ended. Do you think Kenneth Gainwell can be the lead back for the Philadelphia Eagles this upcoming season. And you can take some wiggle room in, into what lead back means. Just basically the guy who carries the ball the most. Uh, I don't want to put a hard and fast number of touches on it because that can surely vary, but somebody has got to be the lead back, get it more than anybody else this upcoming season for the Eagles. Do you think Kenny Gamewell is good enough to be that guy? I no. I don't think he's big enough, strong enough, tough enough to to be that guy. And I don't think he's good enough. I mean, one of the one of the more underrated aspects of Jalen Hurts' abilities is his ability to hurt you with his legs, and you're scared of that. But you're, and I think Kenneth Gainwell profited from that maybe more than anybody else. But when you're the feature back, you know, when you're Miles Sanders. 
you know, got, teams are going to key on you more. So if he's the guy getting the ball most, those RPRs aren't going to be quite as effective. You know, those draws aren't going to be, be quite as effective. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, it just, uh, it's it, no, I, I don't, I only see him in his career as being, you know, like a third down back. Change your pace guy. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's not a knock on him, but that's just what the NFL kind of is. And if you ask him to play 17 games at that size and take that kind of punishment, you know, it's, it, I, I, it will end badly. I think. Uh, at Ink Stained Wretch. There he is, Marcus Hayes, inquire.com. Listen to him here on WIP uh, as well. Um, Marcus, uh, before I let you go, uh, last one from me. You mentioned a little bit about C.J. Gardner-Johnson and the personality. Boy, that's a big personality. Um, you think that helps the Eagles? Because, I mean, New Orleans moved on f- – from him for a reason we talked about earlier in the conversation about not signing on day one there could be other points to it he could have multiple deals as you said he wants to think things over you think in a weird way that personality can help the eagles keep a player because there are certain teams that don't want to bring that into their organization and the eagles have enough veteran leadership um the Jason Kelsey's of the world, the Brandon Grams who are back, Jalen Hurts, the old soul playing quarterback, even though he's young. There are certain teams that don't want that. You think it helps the Eagles? Um, I think it helps them in their quest to keep him. But I'm not sure that keeping him necessarily helps them for that reason. That's the drawback, right? And this assumption that they have the, the 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 gravitas, the 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 leadership in that locker room to take care of him. And we're talking about a fifth year player, right? Yeah. Why do you need to take care of him? It's a good point. Okay. Number one. Number two. I think we agree. Uh, certainly, they they've lost Javon Hargrave, who was kind of a leader, but they're probably going to lose Fletcher Cox. It was his. It was his defense. You know, he was the sheriff. Brandon Graham is not a guy who can go to another guy and say, shut up because Brandon Graham needs to shut up a lot. Right. TJ Edwards was very, very, you know, he was very much a grounding element to that defense. So I'm not sure that that defense and, you know, Jalen hurts, isn't going to be able to tell CJ Gardner Johnson to shut up. Jason Kelsey's not going to be able to do it. It's got to be somebody on the defense, probably somebody in the defensive backs room. And if, we assume Slay returns if nobody wants him for, you know, the, the asset and the money that he's going to get if he comes back. If he's your guy that keeps C.J. Gardner-Johnson in line, well, that might be an issue as well because we all know how out there Slay is and how pro-Slay Slay is. And it becomes very difficult, again, for a guy who promotes himself and derides other people to tell another guy not to do that. So I don't know that they have the the leadership in that locker room right now. We don't know how it's going to look in two months, but we don't know that they have that leadership in that locker room right now to to handle the C.J. Gardner-Johnson experience. Last one for me, Marcus. We know the Eagles love the trenches. They've always loved the trenches. Everything starts in the trenches, whether it's offense or defense. And the Eagles will lose more free agents, maybe to actually sign a free agent or two. And then the draft's going to kick in in April, and they've got the number one, uh, number 10 pick right now. 
if Jalen Carter, who most people rank as either the number one and number two talent coming into this draft, DT from Georgia, who has off-field issues, was arrested right before the combine, had to get specifically released and quickly hustled to Indianapolis so he could at least get weighed and measured. If his talent falls all the way down to number 10, there's going to be several teams there. You can say, well, why didn't they take him? And you'll know the answer is there are character questions. The Eagles have gone both ways with character guys. Sometimes they buy into them. You just talked about big personality, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, they, they were the team that signed Michael Vick coming out of prison. If Carter falls down to number 10, you think the Eagles, as much as the value they put on the defensive line, would say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll not even worry about the character issues? Well, I think this it will depend on how fully or not fully N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis uh, testify for him. They're teammates, right? Yeah. So, yeah, see, if they, so if they that's say, so funny. Is that I, I sorry to interrupt, Mark, because I'll let uh-huh. you finish your thought. Somebody said that last night to me on the air on WIP, and I said, about the last person I'd want to get information on, on, on Mr. Carter. I, no, their teammates, of course, they're going to slant it one way. They're going to look at the upside. They're going to. No, uh, you don't know. You don't know Jordan Davis and Nakobe Dean. Yeah, they were also close to. Uh, uh, the player that passed and and the student that passed, Nakobe and Jordan Davis were both close. So, yeah, the, uh, the the Nakobe Dean and Jordan Davis are very 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 mature young men, and um, they, they, I disagree. They will never. They would never give a give a false endorsement to a guy that I'll put it to you this way: if he's a bad guy, they don't want him on his on their team, even though he was on their team. They they are um, okay. They're different guys. Like they remind me a lot of Malcolm Jenkins. You know, you can see Malcolm Jenkins go. You know, some Ohio State guy. You know, you can see Malcolm Jenkins saying, "No, we don't want that guy." And, and I can see Nicobe Dean and Jordan Davis saying that about a former teammate that they don't want. I'm not saying they don't want him, and I haven't heard a whole lot about bad about him right. at, outside of this issue. You know, he's and Georgia's had a pretty good run. You know, Georgia and Alabama have a pretty good run with character guys over the last, what, three years, four years? Yeah. You know, there's going to be a bad apple, but everybody knew who the, knows who the bad apple The other thing is when a guy comes out of a really good program with that reputation, because a lot of a lot of teams are able to – a lot of uh, programs can hide that. When a guy comes out of a program like that with a bad reputation, that's usually right, you know? The, 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 the – the, the, I don't know. It's like the shield, right? The, 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 the brand of Alabama, the brand of Georgia is too precious to the players to risk sullying it. So you, I think you get a lot of truth coming out of there. I may be wrong, but, but I, I will say this, you know, it's been my job for 32 years, 33 years to, to be around these young men, these young football players and the vibe I get from Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean is that professionalism is first. So I think that they would give you an honest report one way or another, you know, about uh, anybody coming from a program that they're familiar with. And we got seven more weeks before the draft. So there will be a lot more investigation <laughs> done right, right. on Mr. Carter between now and then. Where Big Dom makes his money. That's, that's right. where it comes down to. Yeah. And the it's big title. Right. 
does he do his research while tied to the coach's hip? I I didn't know they actually shook him out to to do a little research. Oh no, he's, he spends, he spends, uh, when we're not around them, he's gone all the time. Springtime. He's just, he's constantly on the road. He's checking everybody. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's astounding how much he moves. Right. Yeah. But you don't you don't notice it because you only see him on Sundays and he's always right off the hip of the coach. So you think That's he's right. there 24-7. Not the case. Marcus, we appreciate whenever you jump in with us. You did a uh, great job again today. Thank you very much. We'll certainly be getting you on a little further into free agency and absolutely before the draft. Thanks for doing it today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Marcus Mark. Hayes, Philadelphia Inquirer, at Rich on Twitter. Love that handle. Uh, and you can catch him on WIP as well. All right, Jenny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We've still got plenty to break down. Next hour, we'll have our bud, Chris Franklin. Usual Mr. Monday. He's a Tuesday dude today. Uh, we're trying to stick with Eagle guys as free agency continues. Tough day for the Eagles, Chester. Not a crushing day because we saw a bunch of it coming. Uh, but you can't spin it as a good day either when you lose T.J. Edwards and uh, Marcus Epps. We'll continue our evaluation of the Eagles in free agency next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes this Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Always like Mark, having Marcus Hayes on because he does not lack for strong opinions. Boy, I, uh, I, Marcus uh, to TJ Edwards is like gross. That's where I was going, Johnny Mac. Yeah. I had no idea that the Eagles lost the Super Bowl because of TJ Edwards. Yeah. I would I, suggest that. Well, I don't that think he unforced- had a great Super Bowl, but I think Marcus was a little harsh on TJ. I think TJ had little? a great season. He did not. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Have a great game in the Super Bowl. Agreed. No. Uh, a lot of defenders. Unforced fumble by uh, the quarterback had a bigger impact on that game than anything T.J. Edwards did the inability to cover a shanked punt by their punter and handing Kansas City the ball on the 10-yard line uh, and basically a touchdown had more to do with it. Yeah, he was he was harsh on T.J. Edwards. I could Yeah, I that. mean, I, I don't get it. I, I, there's a lot. Marcus isn't the only one. There's a lot. I constantly hear it about T.J., and I go back to the pedigree thing. I can't figure out what else could it be. I mean, he's a good player. I mean, I'm with the Eagles when it comes to the valuation of the position. I have no problem, by and large, with their valuation of the position. I don't think it's very important any longer. Um, but I don't think the number he got was very big. I think there's a – I, I brought up the, the Bears and the Eagles as the two extremes. I think there's a big middle space. You can – you can give a TJ Edwards contract and just say, you know, all right, that's that's cost effective uh, for a guy who played at a, a Pro Bowl level, but you don't go to the extreme of paying him like Hassan Reddick, who's an edge rusher. Uh, those are the guys you pay. Um, you, you, even even a Bobby Wagner is going to the Hall of Fame. Shouldn't get paid like an edge rusher. Um, even a Fred Warner, who you brought up, who's an all-pro middle linebacker, shouldn't get paid like an edge rusher. And those are, you know, that's the top guy at the position now and and a guy who was the top guy for years and years and years. But they're good players. They're good players. And, and the irony with um, Chicago had Roquan Smith, and they said, well, we can't pay Roquan Smith. And then they go on Tremaine. <laughs> now he's a different type. He's a different type. And they want that Matt Eberflus cover two more than the downhill explosive Roquan Smith. So I get it from that standpoint. But yeah, I mean what I what I give the Eagles for what I give the Eagles credit for is their discipline. Sometimes I think they're too disciplined. Yep. When it comes to a, a player like TJ Edwards. 
Uh, and I give them credit for their discipline and their commitment to the trenches because I continue to say the Eagles signed no one yesterday. Well, that's not true. They did sign a free agent yesterday. Mr. Toth is coming back. You and I talked about it last week when the Eagles released Brett Toth, and we're both a little surprised by it because he was, uh, they, they talked about him well, despite the fact he couldn't get on the field because he's hurt. But uh, anytime you got comments, you got quotes from any uh, Jeff Stoutlands and or anybody else on the Eagles staff who was, we still like Brett, we still, we still have faith and we still think he can develop. And then they just turn around and cut him after holding on to him for as long as they did, never getting a chance to ever let him prove whether he is or isn't a player. And then they turn around and re-sign him yesterday. I'm sure there's a reason for it that has to do with the cap and saving a couple of bucks somewhere. But do you understand the whole machination of why he was cut and then why he was brought back within less than two weeks? Yeah, they right? saved uh, they saved a couple hundred grand. That's basically it. I mean, he was set to make uh, a little bit over the veteran minimum, and now they get him back down to the veteran minimum. So basically, it was just. Uh, it was simple as that. They saved a couple bucks and you need all the money uh, possible in this particular time frame when obviously uh, they don't have a ton of cap room. So every little bit helps. It's one of those things. And as long as you run it by the player and he's okay with it and Brett understands he didn't play last year. So um, just, uh Yeah. Right, so and even a couple if if you are Brett Toth, you can't even complain like, "Oh, the Eagles are squeezing me. The Eagles are screwing me." No, they paid you the whole time you didn't play. Yeah, the, the Eagles didn't get you hurt. You got hurt yourself. So it, it, it's not anything that's going to massively swing the cap flexibility that Howie Roseman has. But uh, as you stated, every little bit helps. So if they saved a couple of hundred thousand, that uh, probably a pretty smart play by the Eagles and they did get taught back, but he is the first signing for the Eagles since legalized tampering kicked in yesterday at 12 o'clock. I know I saw you tweet last night that you think it's a good sign. CJGJ did not get that immediate contract. Like a lot of others did and uh, read between the lines that maybe what he's asking for wasn't immediately out there. Marcus gave us a slightly different spin that, Oh, no, he thinks he's got offers and they're pretty damn big. He's just trying to play one against the other. And maybe the Eagles are one of them. Uh, certainly one of the teams outside uh, the Eagles are one of them. Um, do you think today is the CJGJD day? Well, I hope so for CJ's uh, sake. I mean, then we're going to start talking about it. I mean, you know, people budget and we know where they're going. Jesse Bates should have set the – the the top of the safety market uh is about 16 million uh you're not getting that um and then you start talking um bell signed for like seven uh so you know he's going to be somewhere in between that's a big middle space um but you know we were talking about the franchise tag 14.46 million there's no way the eagles were going there with cj gardner johnson i think Again, I think the Eagles are going to be right. I think whenever this deal comes in, it's kind of going to be not not nearly as big as some expected. Um, and we'll see. 
I could be wrong, but uh, we'll see. I don't think it's going to be as big, and I think that's helpful for the Eagles. Obviously, well, what do you what do you think the fair number is? What do you think the market value? Not overpay, not underpay. The market value years, and I know the guarantee. So we're kind of getting into the weeds here, but what do you think it? it what do you think it should be? Uh, Eleven. Uh, Eleven million a year, uh, and and from CJ's standpoint, you probably want to go three years. You want to keep it low so you can get back out there, uh, still at a relatively young age. Yeah, I, I mean, with all with all you 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 brought up the good point at the outset of the show, and I I I got that exact quote from a former GM. You know, plays get you paid. Yes, he made a lot of plays, but he makes he's not he's not a consistent player. And I think there's again, I talked about the Eagles discipline. Um, They're disciplined. They know what he does well and they know what he doesn't do well. Um, And there are and again, I'll. Pro football focus is not the be all end all, but I think when I that when I told you where they had him graded, it kind of surprised you. It didn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, it's forties in the forties. Um, I'm looking it up. Um, there's not there's not a, a ton of consistency there from play to play, but he makes splash plays so. You got to go somewhere in between. 49th best safety in the NFL, according to. Yeah, I, I thought he would have been ranked higher than that. That does, yeah. that absolutely. It surprised me when you gave it to me the other day. It still surprises me as I sit here right now. Yeah. He's, he, Maybe he's, pro football focus doesn't put as big an emphasis on. Well, they, they, they put up. No, they don't. Do. And that's part of the problem with pro football focus. I mean, to be honest, you should be given more of a bump for explosive plays, splash plays, whatever you want to call them. And they put more value on consistency. In other words, you know, that big interception isn't going to give you a big leap over just doing your job on a particular play. So it, it doesn't necessarily give you the full view of, of how teams value because teams want guys who make plays, make no mistake about it. You know, Dallas has this conversation all the time with Trayvon Diggs and all their fans, and he makes so many plays. But guess what? There's a price to pay for being like Trayvon Diggs. Marcus Peters for years was the same way. And and he he was a playmaker. But he gambled and he gave up plays. Jalen Ramsey, not to that extent, a lot the same way. Um. It's a give and take. I don't think, like I said, and I got this from a pretty good source. The Eagles thought Marcus Williams was a was a better player than 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 they think CJ is. And so they did I, it, it, during the offseason before the Eagles traded for him, I absolutely believe Marcus Williams was a better player. And they bailed out at twelve million per year. Now it, it, things go up each year, so we know that that's a little bit baked in. So things are going to go up a little bit each year as the cap goes up. But that kind of tells you they bailed out at $12 million last year for a player they thought was better. So I don't think they're going to 
go anywhere near 13, 14, 15 million. But uh, last year, for right or wrong, and you can have your opinions on the kind of years that guys have had. Again, surprised that our buddy Marcus Hayes basically just buried both the Eagle linebackers, DJ Edwards. Yeah, he, he buried, he buried Kazir White, as, not worth five yeah. million dollars. He, he right. buried he, Kazir. He evaluates well. linebackers different than how I evaluate linebackers, but. Um, the Eagles right now have to put a value on CJ DJ, knowing full well that Marcus Epps has gone out the door. It's one thing to evaluate him when Marcus Epps is still a possibility to come back and be his running mate. And you got one of your two safety spots covered with a guy who's gone an entire year as a starter in the National Football League. The other one is Reed Blankenship Plus. Now, don't, don't take that as a critique of Reed Blankenship. He did a solid job filling in for uh, the injured C.J. Gardner-Johnson last year. Uh, I always applaud those who overachieve from their pedigree undrafted, kind of like T.J. Edwards. But am I ready to go read Blankenship is ready to start for the next two years at one of the two safety spots for the Eagles? Maybe. And if you're the Eagles, you have to evaluate in that form it may cost you to go and be above and beyond your comfort zone to get CJ Johnson back because do you want it to be Reed Blankenship and TBD, which we don't know if that's another free agent or a draft pick or uh, somebody from the moon. Somebody's got to start a safety for the Eagles next year, John. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly I think they wanted one back at safety and they wanted one back at linebacker. Um. Maybe they didn't want one back at linebacker because uh, Marcus is right. I mean, Kaiser, he, he's okay, but I think you can replace him um, pretty easily. Um, I'm higher on TJ than Marcus is. I'm higher on TJ than the Eagles are, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, safety – they value a little bit more than linebacker. Um, so, and we saw, you know, how they were able to cobble it together last year. Think about it from that perspective. Well, they were okay going with Marcus as a young untested player, but they wanted to get that other safety to the point. They kept looking for it. They tried to sign Marcus Williams. They looked at honey badger. Um, they looked at another safety, who I, I'll remember in a second, as I think, um, and they couldn't get any of that done. Um, and ultimately, they had to go to trade route. They knew they needed another body. So do I think they're okay going with Reed Blankenship? Yes. But they know they need another safety. I don't know if they know they need another linebacker. They're, they're, obviously, they're going to play Nicobe. And, you know, I think they'll pick through the, 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 I hate to call it that, but they'll pick through what's left when, when the first phase of free agency is over and they'll pick who they think Kaiser White was last year. Now, the problem with that is Jody, I think Kaiser played okay. I think he was fine. I don't think he was a detriment for the most part. He had bad games. Everybody has bad games. Um, for the most part, I think he was solid. Uh, and they went through the LJ Forts, the Corey Nelsons, the Paul Warlows. So 
They can and, say and their well, favorite and their favorite play hurt guy, Nate Gary, who is well, back now in he the was league. a draft pick. He was a draft pick. Um oh, you're I'm talking, talking about, about guys that they got off the street. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah guys they got in, in free agency, uh, you know, sort of in that third phase of free agency, and they say, Well, it worked with Kaiser. Well, yeah, but you you're hitting like two hundred, you know. All right. Yeah, he was fine. But Warlow's and the Forts and the and and the Corey Nelsons and on and on and on. So, you know, it works both ways. You're hitting two hundred, and at one out of five hits, you're going to just let walk out the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and maybe he'll come back because Marcus is right. He's not getting paid. He's not getting paid. Um, so, you know, maybe they're able to get him back on a similar deal. Maybe they go right that route. He he likes it here. He's from the area. He's from Bakanji. Uh so you know, maybe maybe that works out from that perspective. All right. Uh just do me a favor, one more pro football focus uh ratings check for me. Uh CJGJ was what in the safeties in the forties, which I find hard to believe, but their uh, ratings 49. Their ratings, 49. 49. 49. Um what was Chuck Clark? Uh, let me, I gotta, I'm on the linebackers. I gotta go back to safeties. Because okay. uh, <clears throat> I'm a bigger Chuck Clark fan than you are. I know that and I will. Yeah, yep. well, it's not, it's not about, I don't think he's a fit for this defense. It's more of, of Chuck Clark. I don't have a problem with him as a player. I think he's fine. He was 46. Uh, so but I don't actually, think he's a, He actually was rated above Darius, uh, CJGJ. Yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with Chuck Clark as a player. I I just don't think he's a fit for this defense. I think he's a box safety more than a – and they want covered safety. So I don't think he's a fit for what they want to do. Uh, but they didn't think Marcus uh, Epps was a good enough covered safety to pay uh, $6 million a year. Well, Marcus let's Marcus was, was lower than both of them. Um, Marcus was uh, – let's see. They moved him to Las Vegas. Marcus was seventy-one, so you know. Well, then that 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 tells me Eagle fans have right to question the Eagles' ability to evaluate safety play. They got CJ GJ for a really good price. Nice deal by Howie Roseman. But now you got to be able to keep him. If you only rented him for a year, then all of a sudden that price that we thought was rather inexpensive. All right. He helped us get to the Super Bowl, but now he's gone. It's an ever ongoing procedure to evaluate the players and the individuals who get the players. And if that's all they get out of CJGJ, it's not really as good as a trade that Howie Roseman made as we've been giving him credit for. I eat John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac on Mac Birds 365. I see that he's getting ready for us from NJ.com Eagle Beat writer Chris Franklin up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Three sixty five guys. Mac and Mac McDonald and McMullen. Uh, Chris Franklin's ready to join us. What's the T in the background there? But you got a new fancy wall as the backdrop. Where you Where are you coming from today? I'm coming live from the Mullica Hill uh, newsroom. That's the T from the old Gloucester County Times building. So that's why I got that. So <clears> like, all right, might as well try to use this today. Try and mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah why not? nice. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to say uh, thank you, Father, for I have sinned with that. <laughs> I say I do not. I did not give enough salary cap uh, room for the Eagles. I apologize. I did not do that. <laughs> I thought it was a big T for thank you. Thank you for getting Brett Toth back. Uh, day one of Eagles free agency. Uh, but thought it was an homage to T.J. Edwards, who is no longer an Eagle, and Johnny and I are both questioning that. Yeah. Marcus Hayes isn't. He's ready to run him out of town. So why don't we start there? Less than $7 million a season, three-year deal, good percentage guaranteed, but not an outrageous percentage guaranteed. Eagles make a mistake by, I'm, I'm assuming they, uh, well, I think it's a foregone conclusion. They didn't match. Uh, they could have gone slightly above if that was going to decide it. Eagles make a mistake in their evaluation of T.J. Edwards yesterday? 
Well, first of all, it's Brett Tough Day, so we all should appreciate that. It's not about DJ Edwards getting out. But when you, when you look at the way that, uh, personally, I like TJ a lot when you, in the form of the way the scheme fit. But I think when you look, when you have a guy like N'Kobe Dean that's sitting behind him and the small sample size that you saw when he was playing at the middle linebacker spot, I think that was enough for them to say, hey, you know what? Let's elevate them. I always thought it was going to be either Edwards or Kaiser White was going to be coming back. And this first move, especially even for the amount that he signed for, which I was shocked that I thought it was going to be, I thought the, middle, the linebacker market was going to get a little bit more, but I was shocked he signed for that. So now I think you're starting to see maybe you can get Kaiser White for a little bit less. And now you have a very athletic, potential athletic unit duo of having the Kobe Dean and Kaiser White in the back there and uh, potentially help out in that passing game too. Yeah, I, day one as a whole, I think the Eagles were prepared for. I, I don't think they're concerned with losing any of those players. The plans were in place. Now, Javon is a very good player. I think we all understand that. But, oof, $21 million a year. I, I, don't, I, I, I was very confident uh, he was going to hit 20, and the Eagles weren't going near 20. So they, they understood. And you mentioned the Kobe Dean at linebacker. Yeah, Reed Blankenship at safety. Milton Williams, I think, would be the guy sort of projected to insert uh, when it comes to Javon Hargrave's role. And then, you know, even up front on offense, Cam Jurgens uh, with the Jason Kelsey news, I think we all assume Isaac Sayamalo is going to move on. So the Eagles had these sort of plans in place, at least penciled in. Now, as we get to day two, now it starts to become a concern. Um, do you think it's a positive or a negative that C.J. Gardner-Johnson wasn't snapped up on day one from the Eagles' perspective? If I'm looking at the Eagles, I'm thinking like, okay, you still have a shot. Because I thought for sure, especially once Bates went, I thought like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is going to start. This is going to really start the run now on safeties. And going into now, I think they still have a chance. I mean. I would be surprised if, and from CJ's uh, perspective, I would be using the Eagles as leverage, if, especially with the Bengals losing Bates. I'd be using the Eagles as leverage going, hey, look, I still want to return you guys, and then run back to the Bengals try to get the deal. So I think overall, when you look at the potential, I still think it's still a chance that he's still here. It's going to depend on how they structure that deal and, and file numbers as, all, as always when it comes to that. But looking overall at that, in a, in a way, they kind of need him back because – I thought Blankenship was going to be one of the safeties next year, no matter what. Just similar to the way when it came to Nicole, uh, when it came to uh, T.J. Edwards and Kaiser White, I thought it was going to be the same thing with the safety. Either you're going to have C.J. back, but I thought yeah. with the bigger one, and then you just put Blankenship on never one yet. So they need him back. So if not, you're going to be drudging around in, in, in the in the second, third tier safeties, and already weaker up in the middle. It ain't looking too good with that. All right, uh, we've gone an hour and 27 minutes into the show, and we haven't mentioned Jalen Hurts once. And that is kind of the biggest piece of the entire puzzle is what the hell's going to happen at quarterback. And everybody's got their opinion, and everybody has to at least take a guess at the time frame and the way that it's going to play out. I, I'm one of those who's not as optimistic as others. I think that if I were Jalen Hurts, if his agent asked me, I'd say, Sit tight. You want to do what's best for your client? Just sit tight. Um, I think that basically they have to wait until Lamar Jackson gets done. 
if you want to wait till after Burrow and after Herbert, you may be waiting all the way till after camp opens up. I, I don't know that either of those deals are going to get done. But Lamar Jackson's going to want to play somewhere, or does he? If you're waiting for one more deal to get done, if you're Jalen Hurts, do you want to go first? No, you would rather go after. You, the, the, it always, not always, 98% of the time, the numbers go up. So if I'm Jalen Hurts' agent, I'm waiting, I'm being patient. But can there be too much patience? Is there a chance that we leveled off? Jimmy G got his deal yesterday. Oh, by the way, I think value for the Raiders. I don't know if he's going to win anything for the Raiders, but he gives them a chance, and and I didn't think they overpaid for him. But what's going to happen with Jalen Hurts? And do you agree with me, Chris Franklin, that some other domino has to fall before Jalen Hurts and the Eagles come to an agreement on a new deal? I think the Lamar Jackson one is the one you want to have, and that's the one you want to wait. But I think that's going to go all the way into training camp. And I think if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm wanting that to drag a little bit more into the training camp because the last thing that the Eagles want to have going into this with all the changes they have is, well, is have all of us asking, hey, you know what? What's going on with Jalen Hurts extension every day? It's like, where are you at? Where are you at? And the last, and you don't want to confound and like take away from that. That becomes a distraction upon the other stuff you have. So if I'm, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I'm waiting. I'm trying to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. And same with same with Burrow, same with Herbert. I mean, we, we there's all that talk about collusion and everything when it comes to certain other when it comes to the bar. I mean, if I'm talking to some of the agents, you know, maybe slip back and go, hey, you know what? Let's all wait a little bit and see this and put a little pressure on them because I'm pretty sure the Eagles. Okay, you know what? Let's put this this money. Let's get this yeah. done and over with when it comes to that. We know the Eagles want to go first. You know it. I mean, that's what they do. They want to save as much money as possible, and that's the way to go. Uh, but they know the framework. They know where it's going to be. So it's not like it'll hamper them too much when it comes to to planning. Uh, Howie Roseman, Jake Rosenberg are very good at, at the budget part of that. You know, I asked uh, Jody this. I'm going to ask it to you, Chris, because I get the feeling – for the most, I mean, the I don't get the feeling. I know the Eagles are very disciplined when it comes to uh, spending and and valuation, and where they're going to put their their money into what positions. We all know offensive, defensive line, obviously quarterback. Um, are they too disciplined at times? You know, they don't value off-ball linebacker. We'll go back to TJ. That, that wasn't a big deal. I thought he'd get more money than that. Um, I think you're in the same boat. Uh, do the Eagles, are they too extreme when it comes to discipline at, at some positions? When you find a good player, you find a good player. And it's probably a good idea to keep them. I just think this is cemented in the organizational, even dating back to when they had Andy Reid here, they're going to always value the lines. And then everything else and, and the edges, according almost like that, almost like that whole donut to donut philosophy. You get the outside stuff and then you worry about the inside secondary when it comes to that. But I think they're gonna I think there's continuous still about lines. If anything, I think they may have tipped their hand what they're gonna do in the potentially the draft. I really think now that tenth pick really, really to me screams like, hey, you know what, they're gonna go defensive line now, given that the depth they have and, and really go that. So I really think if anything, they're gonna still continue with that philosophy. Are there someone else? Would you like to have a guy with that, sure, but I think given what the situation in there right now, you kind of want to make sure you have that. That's, that's to me in this defense right now. It's a luxury to have a a really, really top A Pro Bowl type off the ball linebacker, something like that. Not calling T.J. Edwards a Pro Bowler, which he was close to, but like not like one of those major guys in that in that position. You're paying 
and that much for. So I think it's, I think we'll still see that. And then looking at the way the defensive line, it just seems to me, it just seems like the defensive line play and, and that they're starting to get better and better. Why not go for that well and try to build up and max up with what you have along that line? Down the All right. Uh, I asked this question of Marcus Hayes, so I'll put it to you as well. What happens if in the NFL draft, Jalen Carter is still sitting there after the Falcons select at number nine, and he's there at number 10 for the Eagles. There will be of teams that have passed on guys. Some of them need quarterbacks. If you got to take quarterback, you got to take quarterback. Most people have him ranked as either the best talent in the draft or second to the Alabama edge rusher. I know you haven't done your research yet. How much do you believe you will have to do your research to find out if Carter is too risky a pick for the Eagles to take at 10. Because on talent, we know he's not. On character, it's a question mark. How much research you planning on doing between now and the draft? Do you go, stop, Jody, he's off the board. There's no way he gets down to 10. There may be some freedom of information accent I may have down there in the state of Georgia right now trying to figure out what's going okay. on. So he gets Thank you, Chris. No, <laughs> but it's, uh, there's, to me, we all know how much this organization values character, and I think to me, if if it's true, it really was like a, a perjury type situation where he said he was <clears throat> there, he was somewhere else. That to me, that's a guy that's off the board because now, say if you bring him into the city and he says he's somewhere else, and then some a similar situation happens like this stuff here. Now you're dealing with that all over again. You deal with suspension. You don't know if you have a guy for you a long time. I, I just I have. I would have some serious questions. So I want to see how the investigation plays out. I want to see some of the stuff they have. And then from there, if it's, if it's what they're alleging, then um, for me, he's off the board. Yeah. Well, I would text Dom and say, look, but you know, is he on the board or off the board? Cause if he's at 10 and he's, and he's on the board, they're taking him. I got to ask that question on another radio show. They, they asked me if Jalen Carter's there or the kid from Oregon, Christian Gonzalez, uh, Derek Witherspoon, and Jalen Carter, who are you picking? It's not even a stinking conversation for the Eagles. If they clear again, if he's on the board, they're taking Jalen Carter. Jeffrey Lurie has proven he will give people second chances, but they, you know, they'll do their due diligence. That's why Dom has the big title, <laughs> assistant to the GM. It's his job to ferret out all this information. If he's on the board and he's a 10, 100%, they're taking him. It, it, they're taking him. Unless, unless Dom finds reasons not to take him. No, I'm saying if he's on their board. If, if, if it's approved oh, by Jeffrey board. Lord. When you said the board, I thought you meant on the board as no, can be. If he's on their I mean, board. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying if, if just, he's cleared, just oh, from he's the cleared. football player standpoint. Oh, if he's clear, yeah, if he's cleared and they found out there's more to it that wasn't there or stuff's wrong, yeah. then if he's sitting there at 10, yeah, I'm jumping and taking that. But yeah. if it's that stuff is proven what he's oh, alleged yeah. to have done, he's, then yeah, he's he's, not, he, he's getting the yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's um, out there. And and that's why I say, you know, Dom's the guy. That's his job to figure out that information and 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 ultimately it's Jeffrey Lurie's decision anytime. Whether it's Michael Vick or Deshaun Jackson, uh, when he when he had the anti-Semitic problems, when he and many times over the years, he has proven he will give people second chances. Um, and if if Jeffrey Lurie approves it, I mean, 
then it comes down to Howie Roseman. What I'm saying is, if it's approved, I don't give a, you know, Derek Witherspoon, uh-uh. Christian, uh-uh. uh-uh. They're taking Jalen Carter. Yeah, and if I, if that's the case, if he's on there, I'm taking Carter, I'm trading back my 31st, getting that couple extra picks, taking Ringo and going from there as well, too. Achille Ringo for uh, Georgia and then trying to figure out some of this other stuff. I think that would be the play if that's the case that he's there, but... But I think you're both underselling the fact that the Eagles petitioned the league to allow players to wear number zero. The Philadelphia Eagles felt the necessity to do this. And I think it's more than just a coincidence that Christian Gonzalez wore it at Oregon this year. They're kind of tipping their hand that he is their number one cornerback choice. And if Bradbury is elsewhere... Even and you're right, Card just too talented a player to pass on. But if he is done and gone, Gonzalez seems to be the most log- logical guy for them to pick. They don't usually pick corn- corners this high either. But if Bradbury's done and slays a question mark, it's going to be a corner there pick at number ten, right, Chris? Or is a hell of a red herring to make so? Oh, zero is put throwing it out there. Like, oh, zero. It's it's us. Oh, wait, never mind. Oh, yeah. This never, is an you're like, telling me the Eagles are okie doke in the NFL. <laughs> They're just doing this to mislead everybody. There have been allegations. They were the smartest people in the room. I remember hearing that back before I was even on the beat. There was allegations of that too. So hey, that's a heck of a way to put it out. Like we won zero. Hey, you're. I mean, you know, they, they just lost Javon Hargrave. Um, if they lose Fletcher Cox, um, we know Linball and, and Dominic and Sue aren't going to be back. Um, that's a lot of production. You got to replace a defensive tackle. It's okay to say, all right, we expect Jordan Davis to step up. We expect Milton Williams to step up, even Marlon Tui Pelotu. But, you know, defensive tackle might be the biggest need if they lose Fletcher Cox as well on this entire team right now, that, considering that how they build. Yeah. And that, that, that would be the spot. And then I think this draft is really deep. Also when it comes to corners back, all the way down, down to late second round, early third round. So I think you can still pick up a guy who's serviceable enough that can compete for the starting job, especially as well too, and then go from there. So yeah, I got, I feel comfortable enough with that quarter. I'd rather get a bigger impact interior guy that could push the pocket inside and allow Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat to have a better chance to do their thing and then look at the corners because we know how much they play zone and everything or expected to play zone now with the size. So I'd rather run with that with that risk. All right. And again, another thing that we probably old, over, so, undersold today, but it's because most of us expected it. And I'm pretty sure with your, I know John and I were of this position. I'm pretty sure you were too, Chris. Jason Kelsey's back. Uh, most of us believed that was going to happen. It's never done till it's done. And it became done yesterday. And they also got a one-year deal done. Um, they didn't just uh, allow Jason to go, hey, I want to play again, and then not get a deal done. So the deal's in place. They just haven't released details on it. Which means they're probably, if Isaac Sayamalu walks, and oh, by the way, watch out for the Bears jumping in there too. They still got a whole bunch of money to spend. And you may they already went Nate Davis. We got, we got, yeah. I, I don't think they're going Isaac now because they went, they made their decision at guard and they signed Nate Davis, which again, bad decision. I'd rather have yeah, Isaac Sayamalu. <laughs> Same here because you got the position, you got the position flexibility, and you also got a guy who can teach, who's shown that he can also help teach some of the other guys. I mean, you hear Jordan, you hear the way 
Jordan talks about Isaac and the way he's helped he helped him breaking down film and everything else. And he got I mean a uh, guard that pretty much has a center's brain that knows how to win, figure out the protections, where to go, and he's still playing at a high level athletically. So that that's the one I was like, Wow, he went before Isaac. All right. Power to him, but uh, all right. So if, if we <laughs> at least work under the assumption that Isaac isn't back, are we sure Cam Jurgens is ready to step in and be Isaac Light at right guard for the Eagles this year? It's a we just mark. in Stoutland we trust, so it's a foregone conclusion the Eagles be perfectly <laughs> fine there. Or uh, to use a phrase my partner likes to use, their startup costs attached to throwing a guy <laughs> in for the first time. Uh, how how confident are we in Jurgen just stepping in for the right guard position? I think you always have a chance, especially when you have Stoutland. I mean, when you have guys like Sua Petta that can fill in and, and do okay for uh, for spots here and there, I think we got a, a, a guy with the athleticism of Jurgens. I think he'll be all right. It's it's almost like watching Isaac early on all over again. Where in fact you got a guy who's Think's going to be the replacement for Kelsey, and then he slides over, but then he's athletic enough yeah. to play there. How many so, era parents are we on too. for Kelsey? Now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so you got that uh, three. We're like four. It's like the fifth, almost like four fifths generation. Like, yeah. hey, we got a new guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, still yeah. staying. See you later. <laughs> and that one, Blair Dixon. Oh, no, 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 I'm staying. We're doing this way. Too. By the way, to to kind of piggyback off Jody's thought, I'm not sold on any of these guys. I think people are just, you know, saying. Oh, we'll be fine with Jordan Davis. We'll be fine with Nicobe Dean. We'll be fine with Cam Jurgens. We'll be fine with Reed Blankenship. I think there's going to be some startup costs, as Jody said, with all these players, every single one of them. Um, they got some of it out of the way with Jordan, some of it out of the way, ironically, with Reed, because um, he was undrafted, but they had some injuries. Um Nicobe, I think, played 35 snaps, and Cam was, what, 30-something as well? Um, I, I, I can't just assume these guys are going to go and play like like Isaac Sayamalo and, and TJ Edwards. I think that's kind of pie in the sky. Maybe long-term they're better, but short-term, I think there's going to be some issues. See, I, I, think Dean, I think Dean fits in right now. I have, I have more – confidence Dean's going to fit in right there right away and be more impactful I think than Jordan Davis at least right now I think right there I think that whole defense is going to take about a couple games into the regular season before they start to feel comfortable with the new system if they especially if they change the verbiage and and the terminology and stuff and try and get used to what the side wants but I think right now I think if anybody I feel the most confident for is N'Kobe Dean I think that way I think he's just Got that natural instinct of a line middle linebacker that can excel I think he's that way too Blankenship and then Jurgis, I think, and then after that, Davis. I think that's the one I'm. I, I know he hasn't had the chance to rush the passers much. I know a lot's been made about that. I just want to see him be more consistent on that and stay on the field when it comes to their. But the Kobe Dean, I think that's the that one was now. my like, concern right, cool. when they drafted Jordan Davis. It was my concern from day one. People are going. He's got to rush the passer. That's not what he stinking does. He ties up blockers, and it's too yeah. esoteric. I was concerned. Jody can back me up. I was concerned with that from day one. He's not rushing the passer. He's not. That's not what he does. That's that's what I think you have to. If that was in the if I'm flying wall in those exit interviews, that's what I'm telling. Like, hey, you know, if I'm Tracy Rocker and Nick and Nick, I'm just like, listen, man, it gets work on that a little bit. Find fundamental. Go to boxing, something like that. Jujitsu, whatever you have to lose with your hands, they can be physical to try to get more in that pass rush, but they got, they, they got want, it. they want, and, and they got it a little bit with Linval. They just want 
you know, there's a reason the other guys got 70 sacks when you're taking up two uh, two blockers all the time. And if, if, if Hassan gets 18 sacks because Jordan Davis is tying people up, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. I, I'm fine with it. But I don't think everybody else is going to be fine with it. No, when you move up in the first round uh, to take a guy and you go, hey, he took up two blockers. They just can't wrap their head around. They they, yeah, they need they need a stack to back it up to justify being picked in the middle of the first, moving up in the middle of the first round yeah. to take a guy. All right, uh, C. Franklin, need you to give me the definitive answer here. Right. It's a hypothetical. Assuming Kaiser White goes elsewhere, who is the most plug-and-play linebacker the Philadelphia Eagles have, not named Nicobe Dean, which we really don't even know if he's plug and play, but somebody else has got to play linebacker for the Eagles. Is it Sean Brandon? Is it Christian Ellis? Is it Davion Taylor? Or is it D, none of the above? I think it's Davion Taylor. That's the guy. I think, especially when you look at that Joker slash Will position, that's the most athletic guy. You got to hope that he's healthy enough to stay the whole thing. I, I See, I think Sean is, if they decide to go like, say, and Grant, they don't have three, four, four threes or that. If they wanted a second middle inside linebacker, I think Sean would be good in that spot if they use that type of thing. But when it comes to having that Will slash Joker guy, I think Davion's the guy that they got. If they don't take anybody in the top three rounds as a linebacker, that's the guy I think they're going to try to bank it on. And feel like we've been in this uh, this conversation yeah. for three years, three, four years now since, since he got drafted. Like, well, you hope he made the strides and you hope you see the athleticism. He's still learning. Well, you're, you've been in the league now for a little bit. Yeah. Now I'm trying to put up. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Ellis got a history with him. Coached him at yeah. Colorado, the new uh, linebacker, off-ball linebackers coach. So we'll see how that shakes out. What about the coaching staff? The defensive coaching staff specifically, Chris. Sean decide they go with Sean over Denard Wilson. So obviously Denard out the door to Baltimore. I mentioned DJ Elliott is the linebackers coach. They got Tracy Rocker back. They uh, Jeremiah uh, uh, Washburn is still here. They hired a slot guy also with a Temple yeah. background, a WCU guy. I forget it. Uh, I forget his name. Do you remember his name? Ronnell was it Ronnell Wilson or something like that? Yeah, Ronnell. Um, yeah, uh, and and. We don't know who the secondary coach is yet. It could be DK McDonald. They haven't announced uh, DK's role, but just the the upheaval because it was so much continuity. Very rarely, you know, in this league, we see the exact same coaching staff. Essentially, we got that. A couple guys got promotions, but all the key components were back. The Eagles go on this run. Now you have all this upheaval. Just mentioned all the moving parts on defense. No Shane Steichen, new play caller. Shane was a really good play caller. It's another one. Everybody's just assuming, oh, it's going to be the same. How how concerned are you with all the moving parts on, on the coaching staff? I'm not too concerned as of right now, especially when even when it comes to Brian Johnson calling plays, I think he's done I think he's going to do a, a decent job when it comes to that to start out with. I think I, I don't have any concern on that. Offensively, the offensive side of the ball, I have no concerns whatsoever. Defensively, there's a lot of uh, – I, I personally I, – before going in, I thought Denard 
was should have been the guy. I, I honestly did because I thought, and I think it means a lot that when your players go to bat for you, not just position players, when your players go to bat for you, and you bring this, you just had an attitude and kind of, it's like I thought he just would have been a good fit. And he's not, he's moved on. So we go on and show on the side. And so I can do the same thing. You know, he can win the players over being this too. But I just look at this and I'm like, it, it's going to take a little bit. And the fact that it's almost the same system in a way, maybe it's taught differently. Maybe that helps out. Maybe the man-to-man principles in the back, maybe that helps out a little bit more. It's clearly more concise. I don't know. But it's uh, that's where I have a lot of questions on right now, and I'll give them a chance to see how they do on that. All right. See, Franklin, I asked you my favorite question, which is a hypothetical, completely unfair. Uh, <laughs> my second favorite question might well be the crystal ball question. Well, so get, get that eagle crystal ball out and tell me, who will have the most carries this year for the Philadelphia Eagles? When 2023 is wrapped up, the individual who's had the most rushing attempts will be who? That's a good one. I'm going to go with somebody who's not on. Yeah, I'm going to go to be determined. I'm going to go yeah. with you, the big TBD, because yeah. he ain't here yet. Yeah, see that that that's like uh, the uh, magic eight ball. You can't just say yeah, it didn't show up. No, some said it said something. You got to read it. You got to give me something. Both you two guys. Not I haven't used it in a while. Smudged off. I can't see what How it says. You say if you do it with the eight ball, you shake it again. You give it another. Well, I'm giving you. So I'll I'm... restate the question to both of you. Who will have the most carries for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023? I just looked at my – it's a crack. I haven't used it in a couple of weeks. I'm sorry, Nellon. <laughs> I'm giving you a great answer, Jody. I, I'll give you – I'll even go more specific. It's going yeah, to be the – Slightly more specific would be preferred, John. Thank you. It's going to be their fourth-round pick, and they don't even have a fourth-round pick as we said here today. <laughs> That's who it's going to be. It's going to be the board. Not specific enough, but I'll give you a for effort on that one, J-Mac. I'll go Jalen Hurts. And it's going to be one of those split things where you have Hurts, you have Gainwell, and then you have Scott, and then whoever it is. I think it's going to be split a little bit that way, too. I wouldn't be surprised they did run a little. Who's going to be in the fourth round? Who's the other Texas back? Not B. John Johnson. Yeah, that's one there. Johnson. I'm going to go oh, Roshan Johnson. Oh, it's just it's hurt my head right now because I'm going to we're like five minutes after I'm going. That's what I mean. uh, He's in a. I want to say he's in the conference USA. He's a conference. What, what? And then there's also a two lane back too. Are you looking at uh, there's a two lane running back that uh, I, I really like. Spears too. from two Spears is good, and there's somebody else in the conference USA too. All week, Spears. There's somebody in Conference USA. I want to say he's like Western Kentucky or uh, or, or uh, Louisiana Lafayette. If I'm getting that far, I'm starting to get like oof. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have them. I go I go 25 deep on this list of running back. I don't have. I got an Alabama Birmingham guy, Dwayne Maybe. McBride. Yes. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. Yeah. Yeah. How about uh, that kid from Pitt? Uh, I I can't. I'll butcher his name, but I, I heard good things about him. Pitt just seems to turn out a lot of running backs as well. Like when it comes to Pitt, and I look at the, the like the certain traits you look for them when it comes to just going north south. They just whatever they're teaching there at Pitt, it, it's working. I, I, I wouldn't be adverse to it at all one bit. But the B. John Robinson stuff, no. I liked it overall. But when it came to what they need, the needs of this team right now, it, that would be a luxury as opposed to 
All right, I gave Jody what he wanted. I'm going uh, Roshan Johnson. Okay. I'll go Jalen Hurts. Why not? When, I, when I'm rooting for, <laughs> even though I know it's an uphill climb, that Zach Charbonnet is still available in the second round. Uh, if the Eagles move down a little bit from 30, get another second round pick, something along those lines, I think he is the second best back in the draft. Uh, they're not going to get it ch- unless they take B. John Robinson at 10, which – we know what about the what about the, uh, what about the Alabama kid? Uh, yeah, oh, uh, I I absolutely believe Charbonnet is better. Yeah, he's small. Uh, yeah, no, gets. Charbonnet can go between the tackles and break it outside. Uh, better all around. Yeah, I, I I think the Eagles are a little bit tired of guys breaking it outside. So I. Think well, you know what? I forgot this one. I'm sorry. If you think about that, you still got Trey Sermon in the mix too. I believe. Yeah, I brought up Trey. Yeah, I think I think he. I'll give I'll give both of you three to one that Trey Sermon does not lead the Eagles in tackles. Either one of you want to take three to one? No, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, he might be on the (laughs) roster, but don't don't know that you're ready to go. He's leading the Eagles in carries next year. Uh, (laughs) At C Franklin News, read them at NJ.com. Read them all over Uh, South Jersey Times, Lehigh Valley Live, Times of Trenton. He does it all for everybody. He's got the big T up there for Brett Todd, TJ Edwards. Uh, <laughs> any other T's we want to get in there? Um, County Times. It's, yeah, no. Nah. Topher Grace, why not just throw that T as the first Grace. Why right, not? Let's throw him in there. Jeez. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, I'll end it there. Is he going to be the Eagles' backup quarterback? Jacoby nah. Brissett. I, I think we're, it goes, I think we go through this every year. Like, I think. I think the Eagles will want them. I don't think. I just don't think that. I think it's going to be somebody else that they bring out. Like maybe use a sixth or seventh. He's the developmental guy, and then that's you have a uh, Ian Book being the backup next year. That's if I had to go that overall. Yeah, and I think price tag will have a lot to do with it. Whoever yep. comes in inexpensively will yeah. be the way they go. The and to Howie's credit, he had Gardner Minshew do it for the last couple of years for on the cheap. They, no reason that. Don't know that they get away with it. Reads the net, baby. He's in the XFL. <laughs> the, the sermon from the Book of Job. Uh, Trey uh, Sermon, Ian Book, Josh Job. They're going to be uh, big parts yeah, of the lot, lot, A lot of DNPs in that group. I right, always <laughs> a pleasure, Chris Franklin. Thank you very much for jumping in. We'll get you back up in a couple of weeks. Talk to you, bud. Right, thank you guys very much. Thanks, Chris. Chris Franklin with the big T over his shoulder here with us on Birds. Uh, Tone DeShields chiming in. Uh, Jason T Kelsey. for Tone. That's what it is. Oh, we didn't oh, even yeah, figure that out, McMullen. Jason Kelsey's deal is worth uh, $14.25 million. So he had 14 got a uh, little bit uh, little bit of a bump. Uh, $14.25 million. And for those, again, who think that the uh, players owe the Eagles a hometown discount, Jason Kelsey got a raise. Uh, 99.9% of the population, you have the year that Jason Kelsey did, you deserve a raise. You should make more than you did the previous year. He was the best center in all of football last year. Why should he take less? Some Eagle fans. Think He's also top. got five hundred thousand in incentives, so he can get up to fourteen point seven five. What incentive do you nah, get? Probably Jason. all seventeen games. I would think probably games. Who knows? Who knows? He's going to play all 17 games. If he's half dead, he's going to be yeah. out there playing. And he'll probably get 14.75. That's the point. Yeah. Exactly right. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. We're coming back to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. Guys, running out of time. Uh, good job by both uh, Marcus Hayes and Chris Franklin today. Marcus always makes my uh, gotta roll my eyes when Marcus. Yeah, comes I tell you, he won all Groats slash Bradbury on TJ he Edwards. Did. Uh, good, and we appreciate when a guy takes strong. Don't have to agree with him, but you have to appreciate him when they take strong stances like that. And Chris Franklin is always good. When he comes on. All right, Johnny Mac, just before we went to break, you said the Kelsey deal, we knew it was done. Um, you said 14.25 with the ability to make more via incentives. Um, that that's on a one-year deal. 
Yes. How many years do you think Howie's going to attach to this one that are just going to dissolve? So I, uh, I spread the I'm sure there's out. a couple of I think Oh, voidable ones, years. Yeah. Is it going to be two? Is it going to be three? Is it going to be eight? How many voidable years is Howie going to add? Well, to there's a limit. I think you can only do two on, on one-year deals, okay. but uh, I'll have to look at that. Uh, it's my homework. Because um, I guarantee you, last year, you remember, they cut Fletcher Cox. To, yeah. to pay off all his, and then they came back and signed him to just say a one-year deal. That will not be the case with Jason Kelsey. He will have voidable years. He's had him basically since like his second contract. He's had voidable years attached to his contract, and he will still have business to do, work to do. They're going to want flexibility. Uh, maybe they add the voidable years down the road, which you can do as well. My guess is they'll get it out of the way early with Jason Kelsey. Yeah, probably. I mean. They have some more, as you mentioned, they, you know, you don't even have to be cap compliant until tomorrow at uh, four o'clock. Um, and, but, and there's still like five teams over the cap um, and they're making moves. Uh, Minnesota signed, they're like way over the cap and they signed uh, Marcus Davenport for 13 million on a one-year deal. So they got to make it, they got to cut a lot of people. Um you don't have to be compliant. So you can do whatever you want right now, but you right. got to be compliant by four o'clock tomorrow. Yeah. About 30 um, hours to get your, your, your P's and Q's together. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, we, we know that won't be an issue for Howie, but we'll see if they get anything done today. If we're talking CJGJ here tomorrow, I point I'm back in 22 hours. You in? Let's do it. Mac and Mac birds, three We'll be right here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.